studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, some governors around the country are having their powers curtailed coming out of the pandemic as legislatures or just people in general are uh, deciding, yeah, you got a little too, uh, you were smelling yourself there. We got to make sure next time around you don't have the power to do this for so long. We'll have the details on that in a second. Well, yeah, and that is uh, what could be more apropos in the, uh, you know, coming in the wake of what we're about to do, which uh, is everybody ready? It's been a while since this, this is not an annual award. This is not a monthly award. This is given only when it is deserved. It's like the Eagle Scout Award, really, for, uh, for the Boy Scouts. It's a Gavi Award! Live from downtown Los Angeles, the Kodak Theater. We're not there. We can't afford it. It's that, the Gavi Award. That's actually the best way to do an award is just when it's needed. Like, there should be a Nobel Prize for literature eh, whenever there's one needed. You don't have to give one out every year. How'd you like that book? It was pretty good. Eh. Well, the Oscar should say, you know, there's nothing that rises to the lever of an Oscar-winning best picture this year. So yeah, Good, but not great. We'll wait till next year. We're skipping it. Yeah, nobody noticed anyway in the case of the Oscars, but this is the Gavi Award for governmental hypocrisy in the time of COVID. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. And what could be more exciting, Jack, than our first ever, I think maybe, other than Gavin Newsom's second time Gavi Award winner? Who else but the queen of lockdowns, Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. She apologized Sunday after apparently violating state-mandated social distancing guidelines that she herself has mandated as one of the shut-downiest states in the Union, which apparently hasn't done Michigan any good compared to the other states. Now, keeping in mind that the lovely governor, rules for thee, not for me, waited weeks to disclose details of a private jet trip she took to visit her father in Florida, and two of her top aides headed south during spring break, even though she had told Michiganders, you shouldn't be traveling. The same Governor Whitmer, who when she announced stay at home, her husband went with his boat to a lake in Upper Michigan and insisted on being allowed to launch it or some such nonsense. Well, you should stay at home. You don't know what you're doing. You're a regular person. I'm the super powerful government class. We know better. We're different kind of people. Silence, plebeians. Exactly. So a photo was widely circulated this week on social media of Whitmer with a large group of unmasked people at an East Lansing bar restaurant. Specifically, the Land Shark Bar and Grill. I'm sure good times are had there. Land Shark. Candy Graham. And so she's sitting there with about a dozen people at at least three tables. It's hard to see. Three tables had been shoved together, as is the fashion when you have a big party. And a dozen or so people are partying and whooping and hollering and drinking and eating and the rest of it. Uh, Only problem is, her own rules... Say Michigan restaurants and bars are subject to capacity limits, six people or fewer at tables, distances of six people between tables, even though that's no longer supported by any any science. Well, the governor busted and made the following statement. Feel free to pepper this with Gavin Newsom as much as you want, Michael. Throughout the pandemic, I've been committed to following public health protocols, she said. We could stop right there. No, you haven't, you lying hypocrite. You lying creep. Yesterday, 
I went with friends to a local restaurant. As more people arrived, the tables were pushed together. Because we were all vaccinated, we didn't stop to think about it. In retrospect, I should have thought about it. You I am, you I am need, human. You didn't need to think about anything, really. I mean, your, your, your rules, you see, you're being a hypocrite and all that. But in terms of like a bunch of you vaxxed, eating, rest, eating a restaurant, there's nothing we to think about. We had an early dinner. There's nothing to think about. <laughs> Sit on each other's laps and eat away. We don't care. Tongue kiss everybody at the table. It's gross, but it's got nothing to do with the COVID. In retrospect, I should have thought about it. I am human. I made a mistake. And I apologize. Uh, we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. Unfreaking believable. You know, it's funny. I am reminded, Jack, you remind me of uh, what Tom McClintock said, the congressman from Northern California, after Gavin Mussolini got busted for his infamous dinner at uh, Napa Valley. We um, had an early dinner. Yes, yes, it was an early dinner, sir. <laughs> That's correct. That, you know, and that I had forgotten about it that. It makes perfectly good sense that you would point that out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was but, an early dinner. Why did you tell me that? But It's McClint- rather preposterous, isn't it? As McClintock uh, himself said, I'm glad to hear that he's disregarding his own idiotic mandates. Yeah. And, and you could make that defense of Governor Whitmer, but that's unfreaking believable. The gal who's the queen of lockdowns out with friends then says, well, we didn't think about it because we're vaccinated. I should have thought about it. What, what a piach. Oh, what a monster. And a richly deserved Gavi Award. Congratulations, Governor Whitmer, you elephantine hypocrite. And this is radio, so you can't see it, but I'm actually holding the statuette, which is a gold bust of Gavin Newsom, who had an early dinner. This is what you get. Governor Whitmer, this is yours. Put it on your mantelpiece. And I believe the inscription on the trophy is actually the, uh, we're all human, we all fall short sometimes. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. beautifully done. It's, uh, it's rather preposterous, print. isn't it? <laughs> where was I this weekend? A couple different places where it was... Oh, my God, that was loud. Couple, oh, stinger. Sup, a couple of places I was where it was so slow because they were doing all these this wiping down in between customers. Ugh. See, you, don't, you don't need to do that. They've known it's not being spread on surfaces for a freaking year. Where was I where they were doing it? Every customer, before you'd walk up there, is just like, hold on. They give you the hold on sign, and then they walk around the bottle. There was one person that had the job. Their only job appeared to be was squirt, it, squirt, squirt, wipe, 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 squirt, squirt, squirt. Was it Target where they do the checkouts? And No, they do that at Target, but it was okay. a different place. But anyway. They sense. wipe down after every transaction at the Target? At, uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Huh. A lot of places still doing that. When I went to the Petco, they still wipe off the credit card thing and stuff before the next customer comes up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. We're not capable of governing ourselves. Uh, before I get to uh, repealing some of the governor's rules, I want to tease this. Um, there's a, quite a, a dust-up about a Florida high school where they were photoshopping cleavage out of yearbook photos. Yeah. Unbeknownst to parents, which is good. One parent was angry. I want my daughter to have more cleavage in the yearbook photo. But Teat. It's, it's kind of weird that they were doing it. But anyway. My daughter's got a nice pair of boob daughter, and it's unfair to you. Wow. Yeah. Dead airbrush them away. That's some uncomfortable Frank talk right there. <laughs> well, that's, um, that's what they're expressing, Jack. <laughs> I'm, I speak for the common man. Oh, and then I've got this question. It's a grammatical question, so we'll go to you. Okay, grammar Nazi. Is it Benefer R or Benefer is? Uh, that would be Benefer is. That's you what are I referring thought. to the couple as a unit. That's, what, that's what I thought. Even yeah. though, it, yeah, okay. Benefer is back. They're no longer hiding it. 
Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez out, out and about together, holding hands, smooching in public over the weekend. So Benifer is back. You know, a clicking, uh, a ticking clock, rather, not a clicking talk. Uh, a ticking clock would be appropriate now for a couple of reasons. Number one, I give that about 10 minutes to blow up again, that relationship. Mm. And secondly, 60 minutes. I didn't see it, but I read some transcripts that included a number of, of quotes and interviews with young people who had begun their transgender transition and then regretted it and realized this is a mistake. This is terrible. I'm, I'm more miserable. I'm being rushed. What's going on here? And I don't know the overall tone of the report because, like I said, I didn't see it last night. I watched golf instead um, and had a social engagement with, you know, people and talking and such. Uh, but we're going to play you some of the clips from 60 Minutes. I'm surprised they aired what they aired. Okay. I skipped that story. So uh, that coming up this hour also. The pandemic is ebbing, says the Wall Street Journal. But what about governor's emergency powers? I found this interesting. Nearly 14 months after a number of governors shut down their states, with states moving to reopen amid a drastic drop in new cases, legislators have been asking about the current need for restrictions and just how much sweeping authority governors need to have during a public health emergency. Voters voters in Pennsylvania this week became the first in the United States to help check an executive's authority during an emergency period. The state's Democratic governor, Tom Wolf, and its Republican-controlled legislature sparred over Mr. Wolf's emergency actions, which included closing schools and many businesses during the pandemic. Two measures passed on Tuesday in Pennsylvania, both with about 54% approval. The state's constitution will be amended to end a governor's emergency disaster declaration after 21 days, and lawmakers with a simple majority will be given the only authority to extend or end the emergency to disaster declaration. That's great. Well done, PA. There's about four or five states that are currently looking at this across the United States, and I wish it would catch on. Yeah, sure. The governor has, as we all learned last year, and none of us knew. I certainly didn't know. Governors have unbelievable power during an emergency like this, but it Mm. should be short. It should be, yeah, for 21 days you can do this, and then at 21 days we're going to take a look at it and decide whether or not you can continue or not. I think and, that's fantastic. And I know sometimes some of y'all think when we're talking about guarding your liberty and, and fighting against government overreach and the rest of it, you think, ah, oh, listen to that libertarian paranoia, blah, blah, blah. We'll be fine. There are rules. But in the state of uh, California, for instance, the governor held on to emergency powers, still holding on to emergency powers, and counties citing the very words in the California Constitution were pointing out there is no emergency. There's a definition of it. We don't have one. Stop it. And it's still working its way through the courts. Oh, yeah, and there's tons of kids in California that still don't get to go to school for no reason whatsoever. Right. No reason whatsoever. Just the greed and evil of the iron-fisted teachers' unions. So rapidly, just charging around the final turn at the Kentucky Derby of evil, trying to outdo other groups to become, you know, one of the more evil forces in our society. So rescind the powers. I'm all for that. So we'll talk about the Florida high school photoshopping a cleavage. How I'm dare they? You, just like her mom. She's a little top-heavy, if you know what I mean. You know, different era, different place, but I'm pretty sure there's no cleavage in any pictures in my high school yearbook. Pretty certain certain of it, but um, I don't know how popular that is now. Maybe you can uh, inform us on the text line, 415-295-KFTC. But if you're at this Florida school, they're going to Photoshop it out. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. 
altered her photo, it makes her chest look deformed in a way or disfigured. And now other kids are commenting in her yearbook and writing about it and, and making comments and jokes about it. Guys wear like muscle shirts to, to school and they won't dress code them, but they'll dress code girls for wearing a tank top. It's something that parents spend a lot of money on and to, to not even have a heads up, to not even have another option was unacceptable. 80 photos were edited in the yearbook at Bartum Trail High School in St. Johns County, Florida. 80 photos. Wow. uh, Adding swaths of fabric to its ninth grade girls. Oh, okay. Freshman girls. You as someone who has, you know, raised girls through these ages can comment uh, a lot better than I can. Um, Parents are demanding answers as to why the school, without their knowledge... Uh, parents, without you know talking to the parents about it, uh, photoshopped the girls' pictures. And again, eighty photos were edited. That's a lot. And wow, apparently, that's clearly I, an anti-booble policy. Have you seen any of the pictures? They got to be floating around on the internet. Somebody's had to post them because they're claiming that some of them are like really poorly done. I mean, not only do you have the issue of eh, who's you to decide how my kid dresses. Well, some schools have dress codes, so there's that. But. Um, I don't know if they do, but uh, apparently some of them were just terrible. I mean, like the picture ends up looking like what the hell is going on there? Like that mom that just said there, she looked deformed. The picture was so weird. Wow, I'm looking at some of the pictures. I mean, it's like it's like a crazy person was in charge of this. Really? Um, I mean, okay, no, I don't want your daily briefing. I don't live in Saint Augustine. All right, sorry. Moving along. Yeah, I mean, this one gal. And, and, you know, I don't mean to be a perv or anything. Well, I'm not being a perv. It's a news story we're discussing. She is a, 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 a young woman, obviously, but her breasts are not unusual in any way, and they're not really on display. I mean, there's a tiny bit of what you would call cleavage, I guess, and they just flattened it as if she's completely breastless. That's weird. Uh, let me see. Scroll down for more. That's, I, I mean, this is seriously, it's like um, like some perv out of a Silence of the Lamb uh, scenario. Like, couldn't accept that there are breasts on women and airbrushed them away. I mean, this is like a, a psycho thing. This is what the district spokeswoman said. And I don't know what their dress code is. But I don't know what this school is like. Bartram Trail High School's previous procedure was not to include student pictures in the yearbook if they were deemed in violation of the student code of conduct, which I don't have any idea what that is. Um, I mean, the code of conduct, like where my son goes to school, you have to wear particular shirts and pants and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't have them on, you wouldn't get in the yearbook. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I don't know if they have that sort of thing at this school. So the digital alterations were a solution to make sure all students were included in the yearbook. So in the past, they've just not allowed your picture to be in the yearbook. This time they decided, well, we'll let you be in, but we're going to uh, Photoshop it in such a way that it can well, pass the test. Yeah, I'm telling you, looking at those pictures, there's something odd going on there. And this huh. comment from a mom, I think, is absolutely correct. Um, uh, the school's made the decision uh, that's drawing attention to her body in a negative way. It sends the message that our young girls should be ashamed of their naturally growing bodies. And again, the, the top she was wearing... And the sweater was demure. I mean, it was modest. I mean, you could just tell that she has breasts. My daughter's been hospitalized twice this school year due to the stress and pressure this has brought upon her, including body image issues, which she is still seeking regular treatment for. Boy, I want to follow this story. This is crazy. 
We will. We'll keep I our expected, eye on it. like, seniors who are really flaunting their bodies. The, I mean, really looking for that hot Instagram look. Yeah, these are not Instagram look-at-my-body photos. Okay. N- not even close. No, yes. Not even in the same area. Like, it's, yeah, this is very bizarre. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll have to get to this later in the hour. I don't know why this information is just coming out now. Previously undisclosed U.S. intelligence reports. I got to believe Trump was aware of these. Probably one of the reasons he was uh, saying what he was saying about the COVID and where it came from. He probably knew about this intelligence. The president would. But it's out now. Three people, Chinese workers, got sick at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in November of 2019 with symptoms consistent with COVID-19. And we knew that. And they were sick enough that they were hospitalized. Hospitalized, yeah. Got really sick. Boy, I wonder yeah. how many people got sick there and weren't hospitalized. But uh, So more on that coming up. Uh, and remember, even suggesting that the uh, the Wuhan virus leaked from a lab will get you banned from Facebook. Uh-oh. Plus, what else were we going to do? Oh, 60 minutes on transgender teens. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And when I saw them being so happy and excited about doing this wonderful transformative process to really like become their true selves, it was like, have I considered that this could be my situation too? That's Grace Ladinsky Smith, who was featured on 60 Minutes last night, a uh, transitioning uh, transgender girl, woman. Uh, she made a lot of interesting comments about the process and regrets, as did some other people. We'll play more of those clips for you in a moment. Got to admit, so I saw the the tease for 60 Minutes at some point during the day, and I thought it was going to be another, hey, isn't it great? Everybody's doing it. You should do it, too, sort of trans story. And I thought, you know, I've, I've seen plenty of those. I just, I'll, I'll skip that. But right. I, I didn't realize this was the angle they were taking on 60 Minutes. That's uh fairly brave of them since a very popular book was banned on amazon for even asking the question a very serious book by the way and a good one about how and and we've been saying this for a long time i feel this so strongly and there are legitimate uh, gender dysphoria issues or whatever you want to call it. i believe it's real um on the other hand and and you know, I've often said, and I said this a lot when I was raising my kids, I'm just crazy enough to understand crazy people pretty well. And the, the people who are not comfortable in their own skin, they're uncomfortable. They're, they're uh, quirky. They don't quite fit in. They're unhappy, maybe. They think, what, what will be, what is the key to me being happy and fitting in and being socially comfortable? The rest of it, there's got to be one. And and it's similar. I, I actually read about uh, the concept of uh, uh, geographical uh, lusts. Like you think if I move to a new place or if I have a better wife or if I had a better house, then I would be happy. Then I would be comfortable in my skin. And And being a different sex, a different gender, I think is that for a lot of people who are just not comfortable in their own skin, just not quite fitting in. And and they think, if I became a guy, then it would be great. And then they become a guy, and they are the same person, just with the different appearance and different parts. And they have the same problems. 
And I just I think it's tragic that people are rushed into this by a let's go, as Jack said, the more the merrier. It's great. Let's do it. Let's not stop and think or counsel you to really question whether this is right. Get on the conveyor belt up with transgender. And I say that with all due respect and sympathy for anybody who's dealt with this sort of thing. Anyway, uh, here's more of uh, the always annoying Leslie Stahl with uh, young Grace Ladinsky Smith in 21. Grace says she found a gender therapist on the Internet and told her, I'm thinking of transitioning. She thought it all sounded pretty good. Did the therapist not question you about how deep the feeling was and what it was stemming from? She didn't go really go into what my gender dysphoria might have been stemming from. We only did a few sessions. Then go on with 22. Because she was over 18 and didn't need parental consent, she says she nearly signed an informed consent form at a clinic and got hormone shots. They asked me, so why do you want to go on testosterone? And I said, well, being a woman just isn't working for me anymore. And they said, okay. So that was that. You got your prescription for testosterone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Simple as that. Again, nobody's saying, well, let's talk about why you might have these feelings. Nobody. Wow, that's really interesting. And finally, 23. Just four months after she started testosterone, she says she was approved for a mastectomy, what's called top surgery, that she told us was traumatic. You know, I'm kind of surprised because based on everything you've said up to now, I would have thought you'd have a great sense of relief. I started to have a really disturbing sense that, like, a part of my body was missing, almost a ghost limb feeling about being like, there's something that should be there. And the feeling really surprised me, but it was really hard to deny. And so she detransitioned by going off testosterone and then went back to the clinic. And she says complained to the doctor that the process didn't follow the WPATH guidelines. I can't believe that I transitioned and detransitioned, including hormones and surgery, in the course of, like, less than one year. It's completely crazy. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. Speaking of crazy, they talked to Dr. Laura Edwards-Leeper, who was the first psychologist at the first major youth gender clinic in the U.S., and uh, she has opinions about uh, what's going on in the field, 24 it greatly concerns me where the field has been going. I feel like what is happening is unethical and irresponsible um, in some places. Laura Edwards Leeper was the first psychologist at the first major youth gender clinic in the U.S. at Boston Children's Hospital. She says she has helped hundreds of teens and young adults transition successfully after a comprehensive assessment. Do you have conversations with your colleagues about this whole area of accepting what young people are saying too readily? Yes, everyone is very scared to speak up because we're afraid of not being seen as being affirming or being supportive of these young people or doing something to hurt the trans community. But even some of the providers are trans themselves and share these concerns. How about that? I mean, we've been saying this for a long time. It's okay to deal with this stuff, but there's cheerleading for it. 
you're an unhappy, alienated person. And as soon as you announce, you know, I think I'm transgender, all of a sudden you have activists rushing to your side, cheering you, applauding you, encouraging you, pushing you down the line and making it clear that their approval is dependent on you going ahead with it. Well, That's what freaks me out. Yeah. So you've got the people that are cheerleaders for this for whatever reason they feel like the world would be better if there are more trans people. And then you've got people, I suppose, that are afraid that, man, if they don't, they aren't fully on board, they're going to get sued uh, in some manner. Or canceled. Or, I mean, we're, we're dancing on thin ice over here. Absolutely. Even talking about this. So the book we are talking about, uh, which we've talked about a number of times, When Harry Became Sally, Responding to the Transgender Moment, was written by a guy named Ryan Anderson, former senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation, president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center, and it was just all about, you know, let's slow down, take a look at this, that sort of stuff. I've not read the book, but most people say it was, you know, it was not a, um, it was not like a partisan blasting of the idea. It was just asking questions and looking at some of the research that's out there and that sort of thing. And Amazon would not allow that book to be sold. Wow. So if Amazon's not allowing a book to be sold that takes a somewhat at all critical look at this, well, then, of course, I can believe that hospitals and doctors would think, I better not get in the way of this train or I'm going to be in big trouble. And then the other book I remember, uh, here it is, Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier, uh, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. That one was banned from various platforms as well. Um, she's been on uh, various cable news shows, very persuasive, and again, a very serious woman. This is not some sort of... You know, and I don't mean to mischaracterize anybody in their beliefs, but it's not some sort of knee-jerk reactionary fundamentalism or anything like that. It's very carefully considered uh, arguments for caution when you, when you're talking about the altering human beings, especially kids. You know, before they've fully thought this stuff through. Just a couple of more uh, clips from the show. This is uh, Leslie Stahl with uh, someone named Daisy, twenty-five. For Daisy in Chicago, who says she started taking hormones at 18, everything was great in the beginning. After every step that you take, every milestone feels like a million bucks. When I got top surgery, I was elated. When I changed my name, I was elated. But when everything that I had set out to do was done, I still felt incomplete. Yeah, what I was talking about. And finally, Stahl, Leslie Stahl with Garrett. Garrett from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, went from taking hormones to getting his testicles removed, he Mm. says, in just three months, whereas the current guidelines call for continuous use for a year. He later got a breast augmentation, but instead of feeling more himself, he says he felt worse. So more depressed after you transition than before. Mm -hmm. I had never really been suicidal before. Um, until I had my breast augmentation, and about a week afterwards, I wanted to, like, actually kill myself. Like, I had a plan, and I was going to do it, but I just kept thinking about, like, my family to stop myself. It kind of felt like, how am I ever going to feel normal again like other guys now? Wow. And then, of course, 60 Minutes makes the point that some states are overly restrictive, and that's bad. Well, good for 60 minutes for doing this story at all, though. As we mentioned with the, the Amazon thing, that, uh, you know, they won't even allow a, a, a book to be sold that, uh, you know, asks these questions, let alone taking a, uh, 
you know, a lot, uh, really giving a platform to this point of view. So, right, right, yeah, surprising. I, again, I didn't see the whole report. I just became aware of these people being on it, and we wanted to uh, share that with you. Um, Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, has just jumped into the Wuhan story. And if you haven't been following that, we can bring you up to speed. Uh, the, the Wall Street Journal broke the story over the weekend that uh, some scientists, Chinese scientists, had gotten sick late 2019 with what looks like COVID and covered it up. Um, more on that on the way. And the next hour, uh, are you familiar with the stages of grief? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dr. Kubler-Ross, right? Yeah, it's the a 70s? complete load of crap. Um, we'll, uh, we'll have to get into that next hour. It's really, it's, what? How it, dare you question conventional thinking? It's really interesting and, uh, something I've been, uh, hearing a lot about in the last few weeks. Um, so all that stuff on the way should be good. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This week, New York City lifted many of its restrictions with restaurants and salons able to return to 100% capacity. While New York State, yeah, that's great. New York State nursing homes will remain at 900%. Hey, now, just saw polling, uh, over 50% support for uh, Governor Cuomo in New York, just like there's a support for Gavin Newsom in California. So the <laughs> two governors that were uh, looked like they were going to get removed at one time for uh, the, uh, each coast, two of the biggest states in the country, um, they're both going to survive. We utterly, had an early dinner. Utterly incompetent, hypocritical, murdered oldsters, sexual harassers, just doesn't matter. Serial sexual harasser and bullier and misuser of power. And right. uh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna hang on. Yeah, that's still okay. doesn't matter. He's on All our, right. he's on our team. He's in my tribe. Exactly. Um trying to figure out what order to do this. Let's do this. Let's have fun. So this is one of I'm not sure I know it, but it's one of the most watched YouTube videos in the history of YouTube. Ow, Charlie, ow, Charlie, that really hurt, Harry says. While Charlie breaks into a giggle, Charlie bit me. And that's that video was in 2007 when YouTube and smartphones and everything was just kicking off. It's 55 seconds long. One of the most watched videos in the history of YouTube, and it just sold as an NFT, a non-fungible token. Now, before you get to the punchline, this was one of Caitlin, my oldest kid's favorite videos. She loved the little toddler and the baby. Um, loved it. I'd have bought it for her. I'm sure it's I'm very cute. I'm willing to pay up to $5,000 for well, my it, beloved daughter. Well, it's been viewed billions of times. View it if you want. But somebody <laughs> bought the original or whatever it is. I, don't, I still don't even know what this means. For $760,000. For three quarters Whoa. of a million dollars. What? And now it's going to be... 
And that's going to be taken, deleted from YouTube? This is the move that is uh, kind of makes this different from a lot of the other meme YouTube things, where they seem to be trying to drive up the value by removing it from other things. Various people have various thoughts on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for the value of their actual NFT. But, uh, but yeah, they, they are trying to remove it from the other platforms and sell it. Uh, this is the only way. So I just, I, my I, mind is completely blown by that whole conversation. I know. I assume when somebody would only buy it because they think it's going to go up in value. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the enjoyment of owning it. Um, a who lot. Do you, who do you tell? <laughs> a lot of this space are specifically crypto whales who are using this the same way that actual millionaires kind of diversify with art and f- expensive collectibles. Uh, crypto markets are very volatile. Um, it is their thoughts, you know, whether or not they will be right or not, that maybe th- this might be a way to siphon away some of your cryptocurrencies during turbulent times. Hmm. Because All a right. lot of these things get priced off the cryptocurrency you buy almost independently of what the dollar amount equivalent is. So if I buy an NFT for five Ethereum and the value of Ethereum <laughs> right. uh, goes up or down, right? Like I still have uh-huh. that five Ethereum worth of that artwork. Yeah, I got, I, yeah. Okay, I, I you're I, converting I, cash into real assets. I follow you and don't that follow aren't you. real. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I follow you and don't follow you at the same time. So that's that story. You're you're Schrodinger's radio host. Yes, I am. I'm like Schrodinger's cat, alive and dead at the same time. Yes, I understand it and don't understand it at the same time. Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, has just slammed China amid news of hospitalized Wuhan researchers. We know for sure they covered up the virus. You're not allowed to say that on Facebook or, or uh, Twitter, I don't think, without getting banned still. The Wall Street Journal broke this story. There has been a, it says here, there's been a long debate over the origin of the coronavirus, not in my mind. Uh, the WHO declaring it extremely unlikely that the virus leaked from the laboratory. <laughs> That's what the World, World Health Organization says. Yet many remain unconvinced. Um, the previously undisclosed U.S. intelligence report obtained by the Wall Street Journal over the weekend says that three researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology got sick in November 19 with symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and common seasonal, common, common seasonal illness and sought hospital care. I suppose they could have gotten the flu so bad as healthy middle-aged people that they had to go to the hospital, and it wasn't COVID, but that'd be one heck of a coincidence. Three researchers at the Institute of Virology that studied bat viruses got so sick they had to be hospitalized with the flu at the very moment COVID was first spreading. Okay, sure. The first confirmed case, according to China, was a Wuhan resident who got sick on December 8th, 2019. But sequency indicates the virus likely started circulating weeks earlier. Source CNN has sources that say while that current intelligence points to the virus originating naturally, that doesn't mean it couldn't have accidentally leaked from a lab. CNN's wrong, in my opinion. Well, and the the whole, uh, was it a natural virus or was it manipulated? There are a couple of different ways to manipulate viruses. And this gain of function thing, you essentially breed generation after generation, let it evolve into something stronger. It's like selective breeding. It's not the same as gene splicing, which you can see. And I love this sentence. The Wuhan Institute has not shared raw data, safety logs, and lab records on its extensive work with coronaviruses and bats, which may consider, which many consider the most likely source of the virus. That's funny they haven't shared any of that. I wonder what would motivate them in a worldwide catastrophe when they have the means 
to show their their innocence. Just show us the, the raw data, the safety logs, the lab records. And they won't. Hmm, I wonder what that could mean. I think this is striking. So remember Dr. Fauci got in an argument with Rand Paul about this and that sort of stuff. And he had originally believed that the most likely thing was it, 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 did, it originated naturally. But just recently, Dr. Fauci said um, he's not sure how COVID originated. It's in a shift, it says here in the Associated Press. Uh, Fauci said at an event... Just recently, he's not convinced it developed naturally and believes all possible origins need to be investigated. Yeah, I would say so. Wow. We're not, we're not going to get to investigate them, though. China's never going to give up that information. The world will never be able to nail it down, which is exactly what China wants to do. They, they don't mind that everybody is pretty certain you did it. As long as you just can't prove it, it doesn't have near the same sting. As usual, we wonder, how does that plausible deniability help anybody when it's plain what happened i mean there's been an enormous cover-up of what you don't cover up nothing hey if you miss any of the show go to armstrongandgetty.com to catch the podcast an announcement i made in the fourth hour friday has uh, generated a ton of texts which i need to at least touch on including one particular angle that's interesting coming up on the armstrong and getty show armstrong and getty